As you know, the final months and weeks of pregnancy are some of the most important for neonatal development. It's the window of time when vital organs like the brain and lungs are in that final stage of maturity. Infants who are born prematurely, especially before 32 weeks gestation, can be at risk for serious health complications, and that's why it's absolutely critical to immediately provide them with good nutrition. I'm Mara Bowen, podcasting for Abbott Nutrition Health Institute, and I'm here today with two people I like and respect very much, Bonnie Gaughan and Melody Thompson. They're here to talk about the role protein can play in nutrition for the preterm infant, and they've built their careers through several years of working clinically in the NICU. Ladies, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome you to the ANHI podcast today, of course, so thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mara. It's a pleasure being here with you and a real honor to have this opportunity to discuss neonatal nutrition needs with my friends and colleagues, Melody. Likewise, I'm glad to be here. So before we get started, I'm going to ask you both to tell us a little bit about yourselves, who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do. Sure. In my current position, I'm the manager for nursing education through Abbott Nutrition Health Institute. But historically, I've spent over 30 years in the NICU in a variety of positions including staff nurse and clinical nurse specialist. I'm also adjunct faculty at the Ohio State University College of Nursing, and I continue to do what I do because I love babies and families and nutrition. I am a senior research scientist at Abbott, and what I draw on every day in my work here at Abbott is my 20-year career as a neonatal nutritionist at Nationwide Children's Hospital. Just thinking of providing the best nourishment to each baby is what motivates me every day. Great. I'd like to do something kind of fun today. I think maybe let's mix up our discussion format a little because I think our listeners really get something out of hearing experts talk with one another, especially two experts who know each other as well as you do. Do you think you're up for that approach? Sure. Sounds good. Let's do it. Great. All right. So I will kick off the first question and then you two can take over. So let's start with human milk, which is always a great place to start. The American Academy of Pediatrics considers breastfeeding and human milk to be the normative standard for infant feeding and nutrition because it really helps to protect infants from disease and improve feeding and development outcomes. So since we're focusing on the tiniest babies today, can you speak to the benefits specifically for preterm infants? Sure. Thanks, Mara. As you indicated, mother's own milk is the first choice for all neonates, including preterm infants. However, when it is unavailable or in short supply, pasteurized donor breast milk offers a safe alternative and is considered the next best choice. We also know that human milk, both mom's own milk and donor milk, is protective against gut microbiota alterations or dysbiosis associated with necrotizing enterocolitis and feeding intolerance among preterm infants. Acknowledging that human milk is preferred for low birth weight infants, there have been several recent studies in the United States and Europe where the evidence supports the concept that mom's own milk has significant beneficial effects on the diversity of the gut microbiome with good bacteria, along with consistent weight and length growth versus donor milk. Bonnie, I love that you started with mom's own milk. It's a unique fluid that only that mom can provide. And mom's own milk or donor milk is just an amazing fluid that helps in the maturation of the infant's gastrointestinal tract. However, human milk is not able to supply the high nutrient needs that the infant would receive through the placenta in the third trimester. 
We know that particularly protein and minerals are limiting nutrients in human milk that must be provided in other ways. Melody, with that being said, can we talk a little bit more about protein? Because I remember on NICU rounds, when I would mention that a baby wasn't growing well in length, we would immediately look at the baby's intake and talk about protein needed for lean body mass. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You know, Bonnie, that's right. We learned from looking at fetal growth and accretion of protein in utero. This tells us that preterm infants need about three and a half to four and a half grams of protein for each kilogram of body weight per day. This is an incredible amount of protein. You and I as adults need about 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram per day. Now think about that difference. If we needed three and a half to four and a half grams of protein per kilogram per day, like a preterm infant does, we would need to eat about four times the amount of protein that we need now. So let's look at an example. Let's say if we got all of our protein from one food, that would calculate to drinking almost 48 ounce glasses of milk a day or two and a half pounds of steak each day. Or I really like chicken thighs and I would have to eat 11 chicken thighs a day if I had the same protein needs per kilogram of body weight as a preterm infant. Can you even imagine that? (laughs) That is amazing, but I love that analogy, Melody. If babies don't get enough protein, we see slower growth rates in both their body and their brain. And even when they get enough protein, they also need calories for proper protein utilization. Otherwise, the protein could be used as an energy source. Based on that, Melody, how do we as healthcare professionals know that what we are feeding these infants will provide enough protein? Honey, that's a great question. And as a rule of thumb, healthcare professionals can look for products that give about 3 to 3.6 grams of protein per 100 calories. And I'm referring to what we usually feed preterm infants, which would be fortified human milk using commercially available human milk fortifiers or preterm formulas. And these products are labeled with the amount of protein per 100 calories. And when we feed babies at about 120 calories per kilogram per day, which is often our starting place in the NICU, Feedings with 3 to 3.6 grams of protein per 100 calories give those babies 3.6 to 4.3 grams of protein per kilogram per day. So that's right in the range we're looking for. Thank you, Melody. Those numbers really help. So in addition to what we are feeding our infants, I think we've also learned a lot about when to feed. There's a lot of evidence that talks about it's best to start meeting the infant's calorie and protein goals very early, even within the first few days of life if possible. And I think Stephen's research really emphasizes this because she showed that the first week protein and energy intakes are associated with 18-month developmental outcomes in extremely low birth weight infants. Specifically, it was shown that during week one, Every 10 kilocalories per kilogram per day were associated with a 4.6 increase in the Bailey Mental Development Index, and each gram per kilogram per day in protein intake was associated with an 8.2 point increase in the Mental Development Index. So early nutrient intake is quite important, but what if we can't provide enough protein? You know, Bonnie, that that makes me think of how do you know if we're providing enough protein? And a quick look at the baby's BUN or blood urea nitrogen value 
can be used as a screening tool. And if the baby's BUN is below 9 milligrams per deciliter, that baby may need more protein, and that would be worth discussing on rounds. Now, Bonnie, to your question, what if you can't get enough protein in the base feeding being given? Well, you have a few choices. You could increase the volume of that feeding, or you could use a higher protein feeding, or you could consider a protein supplement. This particularly happens when infants are fed donor human milk, which is known to have a lower protein content than mother's own milk in the early weeks. And a protein supplement should ideally be commercially sterile, a source of high-quality protein that is well-tolerated. My experience is using fortified mother's own milk at 120 calories per kilogram per day or more gives the baby the best source of high-quality nutrition and is associated with good growth outcomes. So that takes us back around to where we started, I think, Melody, in that mom's own milk is really important for these babies. And I feel like NICU parents always want to do everything that they can to help their infants. So as healthcare professionals, that our efforts at encouraging mothers to pump according to our directions and as often as they can to provide skin-to-skin care for their infants and really just being with their baby is so supportive of giving them this wonderful base for starting out with great nutrition. So it's their own milk and adding fortification as needed, but eventually this leads to them being able to feed their infants directly from their breast and feeling successful at their infant's nutrition. Oh, Bonnie, I, I couldn't have said that better. Um, and one thing I, I think about as a dietitian is their mother's milk is really important to the babies. And sometimes they think that there's something wrong with their milk if we need to use human milk fortifiers. And there certainly isn't. Human milk fortifiers play a very important role. And there's a good infographic on human milk fortifiers on abbottnutritionhealthinstitute.org or anhi.org. And I think that can help parents feel comfortable with the role of human milk fortifiers, as well as their own mother's milk. Well, this is fantastic. You ladies made my job really easy. So thank you so much for your time today. This was fabulous information. And of course, you are welcome on our podcast anytime. I hope you'll come back. Thank you, Maura. Thank you. And for our listeners, thanks for joining us today. Uh, Be sure to visit ANHI.org for more nutrition science education resources, including the infographic that Melody mentioned, which you can find on ANHI.org under resources and then printable materials. And then you can also find more podcasts and videos under resources as well on the podcasts and videos page. Or you could also click the community link on the ANHI.org homepage to find podcasts there as well. Thank you, everyone. 